The Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. You must be 21 or older. Welcome back to the Munich Heim Show featuring Lenny. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't even do an Sorry. intro and you're already laughing. I know. I was laughing at something else. The only NFL podcast. One of the hosts thinks it's not surprising that the team with the name that could also be a dog's name won the Super Bowl. Chiefs. Oh. That's Lenny. I like that. I mean, it kimes. You know any dogs named Chief? Yeah, actually. Although lately, less so. Oh, good. Definitely when I was growing up. I feel like now it's, yeah. yeah. People are a little bit more uh, aware. Chief, yeah. <laughs> um, so well, the Chiefs aren't. I hope. Yeah, right. Um, okay, so if you're not listening, I, I would encourage you to check out the video. If you are listening, but you're not watching the video format, I would encourage you to check out, at least check out the video. Because right now, Domi looks exactly what I imagine Aaron Rodgers looks like in his darkness retreat <laughs> in total pitch black wearing a beanie. He could never be this handsome. Dominique. Speaking of handsome, I think um, Jalen Hurts is the first quarterback or the first person I know that I've, I mean, I feel like uh, if, if he wanted to steal my girl, <laughs> he could. <laughs> Clinton Yates, former, our former partner on the morning roast. Uh, texted me before the Super Bowl. If Jalen Hurts wins the Super Bowl MVP, will he be the handsomest Super Bowl MVP of all time? Probably. I didn't go back yeah. and look, but that feels like a safe bet. Yeah. And safe. Dominique, you, he came really freaking close. Yeah. You brought up Clinton, and it made me think of the olden days back when Super Bowls were what Super Bowls were supposed to be. Anyway, yeah, he came really close. He was really awesome. He was awesome. He's really good at football. He was incredible. Um we're going to hit both sides of this game. I actually want to start on the other side, though, because this is kind of the story of the game for me. I guess – I don't know if I think this way because I used to be a writer, and, like, when I used to cover Super Bowls as a writer, I would watch it with an eye for something to write out, but also kind of thinking about narratives and stories and how – what does this mean, like, in the broader picture of this team? And for me – this Super Bowl and the Chiefs' performance, particularly the performance in the second half, which is why they won the football game, um, was a direct repudiation response to why they lost the last Super Bowl. And this is something we... I, I, the way the Chiefs won this was not surprising. There were surprising things in this game. I actually think Hurts' performance is one of them. Uh, some of the things, performances of the Chiefs' defense. But what the Chiefs' offense did in this game, in the second half was not surprising because it was something we all knew that they were capable of. It was something they had shown all season. But I did think it was a li- it was almost tidy because it was an illustration of how far they've come as an offense and how deliberate they've been about getting to this point uh, from the way they rebuilt the franchise. Rebuilt is a little bit of a strong word, but the way they built right. franchise, the team, the roster for this season, the way Patrick Mahomes has evolved as a quarterback, and the way Andy Reid has grown as a play caller, it felt like to me, Dominique, it all led to this moment, this half. It's so rare that it works out that way, too, <laughs> is that you can go away and get beaten and realize the, the way teams are attacking you and the way that you are weak, and you can go and address those issues and then when you come back that it pans out for you i feel like more often than not 
the game has passed you by and you're fighting a war that you can no longer win because that's not how we're playing anymore. But I think this just... Patrick Mahomes, guys. Like, I think that's what it all kind of comes back to is when you say rebuild, I would agree with you. I think that's the right word. This was a bit of a rebuild for this team. The one centerpiece is Patrick Mahomes and the ability to do all these things is Patrick Mahomes. And, uh, yes, they added... um, they approach building this roster and the strength of this roster, offensively at least, differently than they have in the past. But the real difference in this is probably uh, a maturation of Patrick Mahomes, a development of him as a quarterback and him as a player that allowed them to do these things. And Andy Reid. Yes. We we often get carried away with like you can't get you can't like grow and change when you're a certain age. You can, and Andy Reid still is, and we saw it in this game. I, I went on the, um, the Birds with Friends, this is the Ringers Eagles podcast, and I, we were talking about Andy Reid running the ball and how what, the only, one of the questions I had was not whether they'd be capable of running the ball. I thought they would be capable of doing it, um, but whether he would be willing to do it, which at times right. he has not. So is the, the quarterback has has not handed it into you know favorable looks at times. That was a problem for them, one of the reasons why they lost last year in the championship. And when he came out in that second half on that first, the very first play, he ran counter with Pacheco, which is something uh, statistically the Eagles struggled to stop all reason. I, I thought, oh, buckle up. Andy's running <laughs> this thing. Too. Yeah. And he's got under and center he and stuck just with played it. Smash mouth. Smash mouth. There was, there's one run in the third <laughs> quarter where they were, it was just duo. They were just man blocking them. And they just like, I don't know if you remember that one. They just like, dominated them at the Chiefs offensive line at the point of attack. And 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 there were so many other things he did coaching wise brilliant in terms of like, you know, the motion, setting things up, you know, all of that. But I guess I, I just keep going back to the fact that he did the thing that so many points in his career he has refused to do as a coach. And they don't win this game. I, I, I really think they don't win this game unless they run the football as much as they did. Absolutely. And I just was thinking about how old school it was. And then I started thinking of old school things and realized that I, the things that I grew up with now are old school. So like baggy jeans and 24 inch rims. Like it's just a, a, no one does that anymore, do they? Like people don't have big rims on their cars. You remember when that was cool. I do remember when that was cool. I was, yeah, baggy jeans are actually back, by the way. You've seen like kids, now people in their 20s wear them again, men and women. Uh, losers they're all the way back um, everything we wore as kids is now back already yeah, that's yeah that's how you know you're really old is when your stuff is like, they're not wearing throwbacks are they like i and long white tees you remember long white tees my husband uh works with a lot of 20 year olds because they're like musicians and they're like wow i got this like vintage old navy at, at <laughs> no. on whatever the reseller website anyways sorry, yes everything uh, is back i'm sorry i'm sorry to spend um, you on a, on no a but it was it, and it feels like a disservice to say, oh, they just ran the ball. It wasn't just that. It was the way they run the ball, the diversity of the run game, the use of motion. Um, it was spectacular, I thought. But it really was like, to me, again, like there, the, last season when teams were playing them with those two high, you remember, like, shells. Yeah. Constantly, we were like, well, they, they should be able to run the ball well. They drafted a running back in the first round. They improved their offensive line, but they just wouldn't do it and they were willing to do it and then Patrick Mahomes 
Dominique, in the second half, his average depth of target was 3.86 yards. That's that's the real shocking thing to me. More than the running the ball, it was the short, quick passes. Is We always knew he was capable of it, but I don't think we've ever seen him show that patience. And that is the maturation that I'm talking about. It's not just bringing in bodies. It's that he was like, all right, well, we're going to have to play this differently. I don't have the threats on the outside. Uh, we're not going to be able to get big chunks across the middle with um, Travis Kelsey. I'm going to have to just kind of cobble together some offense and somehow make amazing plays on occasion where he's got a guy on his back and he's like throwing darts down the middle of the field to um, Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, passes like that on occasion. But most of it was just like Drew Breesian short yes, pass precision. Completely. Like there were a couple of plays where he, um, because of pressure, had to do crazy things with his legs. And then, of course, there were oh, yeah. the – several scrambles which were all huge obviously the final one this was the question we had going into this week if the eagles play man coverage and they turn backs on patrick mahomes will you be able to punish him the fact that he punched them after it looked like at the end of the first half he was on death's door <laughs> um yeah. remarkable but yeah you're right it was breezy and it was i mean he went like i think 13 for 15 in the second half i don't have it in front of me it was uh, no he only he was only one in one, i believe one it was like 13 for 14 yeah I mean... Ridiculous. Here's my question for you. Do you think that there's anything the Eagles defense could have or should have done differently? Because, boy, are Eagles fans mad at Jonathan Gannon today. Yeah, they played more man than I think they historically have, which I thought was smarter. And to be fair, it made it harder on the Chiefs. But I think what I the conclusion I've come to is with uh, a team like the Chiefs, that has a quarterback like that, a tight end with that track record, and coaching staff. Frankly, the continuity of their offensive coaching staff with Bienemy and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes allows them to adjust yeah. more quickly. And also, like we've talked about this before, and also having been in these pressure situations time and time again, they've seen so many things thrown at them. And I think I, I think of the Warriors a lot when I talk about this type of stuff. It's like you don't have to go into the locker room to make adjustments because they've been through it before. And so for a team to go up against them, you can't do the same thing from drive to drive or third down to third down. Is once you have shown, like, all right, this is how we're going to attack you. The next series, they have an answer for it because they've already been challenged that way before. So as they don't need the time to install something new. They're just going to be like, you remember when we played the – Pats mm. in 2020, we're going to do that. And then you need to be doing something different. Then you need to do drop eight. And then they're going to go to the sidelines like, all right, remember when the Bengals tried to pull out yeah. on us? We're going to do this. Then they come out and you're zero blitzing. And they're like, oh, well, remember when we played the the Ravens? Next thing you know, the game's over and you've conf kept them confused enough that they never really got a beat on what you were doing. It's remarkable to me that the Chiefs – played two of the three best defenses in the NFL in uh, San Francisco, which is a game that I really like looking back again, kind of pre presaged, presaged, presaged this a bit. Um, presaged, and yeah. And yeah, we got it. It's one of those read, not not say words. <laughs> <laughs> um, poor saw. No, that's not right. Anyways, point is, those are two. the Eagles and the Niners have two best four-man rushes in the NFL, both incredible in pass defense. And Andy Reid put up and and Patrick Mahomes when he literally just opened the door that was terrifying put up 44 and 38 points on them and in 
very there are a lot of similarities the Niners game there was a little bit more uh, a ton of motion similarly 400 yards also <laughs> through the air both games in the Niners Patrick game. Mahomes yeah. had two of his three fastest timed throws of the year both games the Chiefs they had two of their three best rushing performances of the year they are so good at they they, they were so good this season at playing elite defenses who are so good at getting after the quarterback and mitigating the rush through all of the, you know, the, the, the running the ball screen game was good the quick game all of it um so I guess I say that to say you know I, I do feel like to, I agree with you that it felt like they should have just thrown some more st- and I guess there was a, it, it's hard to make those kinds of adjustments on the fly but I'm not sure there's there's answers for this version of Mahomes. You know, I we, all season long, you and I had talked about how the Eagles' defense was kind of content being a little bit sorry against the run. Um, yeah. But you can be sorry against the run, but then when they're also just so efficient on, I mean, they were in so many favorable third down, third and manageables because they were so good running the ball. I just don't know what to do. Part of me was like, well, it felt like they were seeding easy completions to underneath. So I was like, can you press them more? But they use so much motion, so it's like really hard to press them. The one thing I will say that I think Jonathan area where I think Jonathan Gannon is deserving of a lot of criticism is like it's one thing to get to get fooled by that short motion once, but then to have it happen again is pretty rough. That was a pretty rough look. And, and that was the Brad that was the Bradbury play too. They finally adjusted and did press and weren't going to switch off yeah. with the um, safety uh, with the Bradbury play. And then he got called for the holding because it's really hard to press someone who's already in motion, which is what he was trying to do. And then Juju sold inside and he tried to get away. Yeah, I, I think you should have an answer. Normally, I think that was the, the Jags game that that came that out of. The, the, Normally the what happens, from. Yeah, right. Normally what happens is when something goes – horribly wrong in a game, whether you win or lose, that next day you walk through the solution for it. <laughs> and normally the following week, that team that you're going to play, they're going to test you. They're going to run it at least one time, and then you show that you have it taken care of, and then you don't have to worry about it again for the rest of the season. But they obviously did not address it. But it's to be fair, there's, there's pros and cons. It wasn't just that they were blowing the coverage. It's that they were playing for uh, the jet sweep or playing for – the, the drag or or the flat on like they were getting themselves in position to stop a different play but once you realize that then you have to like show that you understand it to get them to stop doing it because the three biggest plays in the game <laughs> yeah that was it all the same thing simple it was, it was all, little whip it route was all set up by plays earlier in the game with huh. the same players and arguing this I mean dude I, I know from watching Kadarius Tony this season, when he starts coming across the motion, I'm like, here comes the sweep. Dumb me. Like, yeah. he scored yeah. on Seattle with a jet sweep touchdown. And same thing. He motioned it was in a stack. It was a two by two. Same look. The problem is, yeah. uh, I mean, Andy Reid is one of the. But they didn't give it to the same person, yeah. though. So, like, they, they did it on Slay. They yes. did it on Maddox. And they did it on Bradbury. Yes. They did it with Moore. They did it with Juju. And they did it with Tony. 
So they're like, all right, maybe Slay would have learned after one time. All right, we're not going to do it on yeah. you next time. We'll find someone else to do it on. Like, it's just, it's just those little smart adjustments that I think. This is the brilliance of Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy is like it, it's it's their ability to adjust to defensive strengths and, and find their weaknesses, of course, but then also the sequencing and um, it, they're just. It, I thought it was a coaching masterpiece for Kansas City on that on that side of the ball in particular. Yep. Actually, I, well, this is a good time to flip on the other side of the ball as well. Like I actually thought. The Chiefs' defense was outstanding in this game. I know the Eagles um, scored a lot in the first half, but they weren't. It wasn't gimmies. Like Jalen Hurts was making crazy plays, and they were using all <laughs> yep. four downs. That was why mm-hmm. they were so dominant. It wasn't yep. like the Eagles' defense offense was just steamrolling them all half, and it wasn't like guys were all. There was a couple coverage busts, but for the most part, like it wasn't like guys were wide open. It was just that the Eagle that Hurts was playing so well, or did so many big things, and then the, again, I think it it was the first half was an illustration of how hard it is to stop an offense that actually uses all four downs. Yeah, all four downs and all eleven players. Like it feels like they are going to get everything up out of you. Um, I think everyone believes they're going to take this scrum out of the game just because it makes an an exciting situation <laughs> less exciting. Yeah. But they they used it as much as they could. Uh, the rugby scrum, uh, short yardage, I guess, quarterback sneak type of play. But they used it. And I think we have to appreciate how well Jalen Hurts threw the ball. As he was better than Patrick Mahomes as far as He made like, more big plays. Yeah. Yeah, those, those, um, those kind of wild passes that you put in a small little spot that only you can throw, only your player can catch if you throw it just right. Like Jalen Hurts did that more times than Patrick Holmes, which I would not have bet on before the game. And also Patrick Mahomes had the more, the longer and more impactful running plays. Another <laughs> thing I would not have bet on in this game. Like it just was but an awesome, weird that game. It makes sense though, right? Because these are both two very well-coached teams. So both defenses were like, all right, let me, let me take your right hand and pin it behind your back. Right. Yeah. And, and let's see what you got. Like the Chiefs defense was clearly hell bent on stopping running backs in particular um hold on did you take your victory lap yet about the eagles run defense being mattering or no not that about nick bolton having a big we're gonna game. get there let's do let's let's stay on hurts for a second okay. though because okay. sorry, sorry, i want to give him his flowers because i thought the biggest question mark i had coming into this game, i alluded to, you know the chiefs offense doing what they did is not surprising they've been doing it all season right this is the most efficient offense in the nfl they were efficient in exactly the way we saw in terms of the running the motion the 12 30 percent all of it um hertz has not, had not been good throwing the football since coming back from injury this was a huge question if he has opportunity my question was not was if he has one-on-ones down the sideline will he take them not is he going to hit like the sickest cover two hole shot to Dallas Goddard I've seen all season so not only did he answer the questions about whether he'd be able to take advantage of easy looks in the past game he exceeded it exponentially I thought what a special performance and I guess I'll just say I mean we're gonna hit the off seasons a little bit after the break but as an, I know you're bummed as an Eagles fan, but the fact, like the progression of the quarterback, think back to the Tampa wild card game last year. Compare that quarterback to the one you saw in the Super Bowl. You have to feel good about where your franchise is going with him. I think you do, but I think you also have to 
understand that it may never we'll be we'll as the tough good as yeah. okay. All right, never I'm trying mind. to be, I'm never trying to be positive yeah. right Let's, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with you. Positive, positive. He was great. He's awesome. You found a quarterback. Pay that man his money before he leaves. Special guy. Um. Okay. As you alluded to, Chiefs or Eagles running backs had a bit of a rough day on the ground. Um. Yeah. I mean, let me actually just the numbers are worth stating because they're pretty. Astounding. Miles Sanders, seven carries for 16 yards. Kenneth Gainwell, seven carries for 21 yards. He had a lower success rate. Hertz carried the ball really well in the first half, but in the second half, he had four carries for seven yards. He didn't carry that much. Um, outside of Hertz, the crazy throws, I thought the most shocking thing in this game was the performance of that Chiefs run defense. In particular, the linebackers, all three of them, you know, Chiefs had played a ton of dime leading up to this. They were they were in base a lot in this game, and I I think they don't win the that this game without those three linebackers <laughs> having the games of their lives, as you might have heard on a podcast. Just saying. And I my reaction to you saying that just was like you were the dumbest person ever. <laughs> I think I came around as we talked about it to understanding your point and under, and not necessarily agreeing with you, but you nailed that. They played incredibly well, even without the fumble return for a touchdown. They played really well against that Eagles rushing attack. They, they just, I mean, so they had um, a bunch of tackles for losses. They were in the backfield a lot. The running backs were stopped at or behind the line of scrimmage on 41% of carries, which is really impressive. But they just tackled really well. I feel like this is a theme I've kind of gone to with the Chiefs a little bit as the improved. I mean, that that uh, we talk about how, how much their identity changed on offense. I would argue that is pretty significant on defense when you look at the last few playoff runs, so many games where they were felled by a lack of tackling. Um, they didn't do anything crazy on defense. There were a few times where, you know, they – I think we talked about the, the Bears using scrape exchange with the linebacker coming around to try to stop Jalen. They did that a few times with, like, mixed success. But for the most part – they were just like dead set on stopping the run. Um, nothing crazy in coverage either. Um, second half, they blitzed him a bit, you know, and, and yeah. you know, broadcast talked about them forcing him to his left, and I thought they had some success doing so. But this was just like a very sound fundamental game for me. Yeah, I agreed. There were some issues in coverage, which did cost them. But, I mean, not too much. You're going to have to – this is my point, I guess, is you don't want to give up big plays because that's what it felt like where the difference uh, is Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are able to run precision offense all the way down the field without big plays and score. Not many teams are able to do that. Maybe the Eagles can too, but the Eagles didn't really. Like They had really big, deep passes uh, through the course of this game on uh, so many of their drives and I think that's partially because of the focus on like stopping the run. So it's not a criticism, but when you're in the Super Bowl, you're going to be playing against a good team. You're going to have to give up something yeah. here or there. You hope that maybe the quarterback doesn't see it or maybe he's inaccurate or whatever, or maybe your DBs can make an incredible play, but they gave up some, some deep shots. Yeah. And, and I think, yeah, this was, it was kind of the pick your poison Super Bowl is how I would put it, because yeah. both offenses were not just so good, but so complete, so balanced. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think both offenses were able to make them pay for the deliberate sacrifices that both defenses 
uh, gave up, which is, by the way, why it was 35-35 with five minutes left. Like, uh, Eagles outplayed them in the first half. The Chiefs outplayed them in the second. And then there was – how do you feel about the call? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was fine. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a call that like it was should have been made. Yeah, like, I I think the the um my little cute TV ready line that I've been using all day is that it's okay to be disappointed without being angry. That's a great line. It's like we're yeah we're all disappointed. Like I agree, I'm disappointed. And what do I do with this disappointment? So many people are like turning it to being angry at the refs when I like no, it's okay to be disappointed without being angry. I it's a crappy way to decide a Super Bowl. I People yeah. thought that meant I was criticizing the refs. And I was like, if I was, I would have criticized the refs if I wanted to criticize the refs. I, I literally meant it was a crappy way to decide a Super Bowl. It was a crappy way to end a game that would have been, I think, a, a modern classic if not for that. I mean, yeah. it's still a great game, but like oh, kinda, if yeah. Hertz had had the opportunity to drive with a couple minutes left and two timeouts or whatever – one time it, w- it would have been awesome and it wasn't it, it's okay to acknowledge that it's a crabby way for the game to end um yeah it's the next step it's like i feel like yeah. once you do that you have like a lot of energy that you want to do something with you're like refs shouldn't have done no. that and like i don't know james bradbury this is for you thank you you really yes. took one for the team yeah he is He's you know that hero. meme of a poo jumping in front of fire <laughs> that was james bradbury saving today from the takeoff yes. bullets, whatever. Yes. For those who don't, it was still bad, but it could have been, been so much so worse, much worse if he would. Yeah. Okay, if you guys, if he'd have been like, I don't know, you you saw it, you, you guys, saw it, like that's that. Yeah, if you're not, if you guys missed it, sorry, I should have given the context. James Burberry said after the game that he held, he tugged on his jersey, he was hoping it wouldn't get called. Dominique, would you ever admit that as a DB? Hell no. <laughs> I was shocked that he did. Nah, Brad Bradbury is much more confident and secure than I am, because I you. You just heard what I said. That's what I would have said. I would have said something like, hey, be, be, be your own judge. You watch the games. That's what they usually I say. Mean, yeah. That's, I would have said something like that that left it vague, and I would have never told anybody the truth that they could obviously see I did cheat. Thank you, James Bradbury. All right, let's take a quick break, come back, and then uh, talk about these teams' futures. Building the perfect same-game parlay can be time-consuming, but with Quick Picks, the Caesar Sportsbook app does the work for you. Quick Picks are pre-built same-game parlays that turn today's biggest headlines, storylines, and games into bets. They're quick and easy to use, and you can't miss them. They're right on the home screen of your Caesar Sportsbook app. Give them a try, and if you haven't downloaded the app yet, register using code OmahaFull, and then place your first bet. If you win, congrats. If you don't, you'll get your stake up to $1,250 back as a bet credit. If you have a gambling problem in Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed to Horseshoe, Bossier, City, and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, which is 1-800-426-2537. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful 
for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Mina Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Mina Show, M-I-N-A-S-H-O-W. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. And I have to say, speaking from experience recently, having tried it for the first time in Detroit, it is absolutely delicious. Right now, you can get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, Dominique, let's um, just take a second to talk about sort of the off-seasons for these teams. Let's start with the Eagles because you kind of alluded to the fact that they have a lot of difficult decisions to make. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't realize how many until I pulled them up after the game. Um, Adam Schefter does the tweet after every team is eliminated where he's like, and here are all the free agents. Eagles one was felt particularly cutting or hearing that list of free agents because it's like almost it's a lot of guys on defense. It's a lot of guys on both sides of the ball. I mean, I'll just rattle them off. Kelsey, we'll see what happens. You know, he might retire. Their center, Isaac Sayamalu. I think if Kelsey retires, suddenly becomes more important, although they did draft a center. Uh, Camp Jurgett, there's some still some young offensive linemen. And Miles Sanders on offense. The offense, they're pretty set, though, honestly. The core is intact. Defense is where it gets crazy. Starting from front to back, I mean, Cox, Graham, Javon Hargrave, who is the one. Uh, TJ Edwards, starting middle linebacker. CJ Gardner-Johnson, uh, James Bradbury. I feel like I'm missing some guys, but the, it's it's an astounding number of players. That said, they weirdly have uh, some cap space. Eagles. And, of course, that 10th that overall draft pick from the New Orleans Saints so big picture, like you, you kind of alluded to this, how uh, how apprehensive are you about Philadelphia's ability to get back here? Not very. I mean, in the next few years, I think they're going to be in good shape. The NFC doesn't all of a sudden get so much stronger. The NFC is still not all that strong. They do have two first-round picks, and they have a front office that's shown the ability to rebuild on the fly a number of times. They're going to have to hit on some picks. The, yeah. the Chiefs did the same thing. You're going to have to hit on some picks, It's just, and you're going to have to pay your quarterback. You're going to have to hit on some picks, and uh, you need to, like, the quarterback's going to have to continue to get better because the better he gets, the easier it's going to be for everybody else. But they have a lot of important pieces that I think they can keep in place. Like Slay will be back. Uh, Maialata and Johnson, I mean, he's going to have surgery, but those guys will be back. Yeah. Those are, like, important um, positions. And they have uh, cap space, like you mentioned, and draft picks, a quarterback, two number one receivers, 
is it's not yeah. they're not in terrible shape. I do think that yeah. this past season was the best it's gonna get. But honestly, this season was yeah. what yeah, yeah. This season was like the Chiefs' worst chance to win a Super Bowl in like recent history. And they managed to win. So it's not over for the Eagles. Obviously, they got a pretty bright future, but yeah, yeah the, their easiest path is they're not gonna they're likely not gonna see the Giants in um a fourth string quarterback next year. That as well, yeah. I think one of the things that is works in their favor is that because they have so much depth at every level on defense and then the offensive line I'll throw in here as well, if there is change at, like, one position, you feel – like, you know, you feel better about making a change. Like, let's say you lose Kelsey to retirement. Well, if the rest of the offensive line is intact, to your point, you feel better about bringing in Cam Jurgens, who was their draft pick this year – or on def- on the defensive line, you still have Reddick and Sweat, and you know we'll see elsewhere. I, Hargrave is one I would prioritize just because he was so dominant. But it kind of depends on what con- he's thirty, what kind of contract he wants. So um, and uh, you know, in the second, the secondary is where it's like, ooh, that's a lot. But um, yeah, again with Slay, I think Epps- I should have I should have had the list of free agents up. But like, I think you feel pretty good. Um, it it really is though, like. You do need, to your point, you really just need some of those young players to step up. Guys you drafted last year, right? So, like, Jordan Davis, you know, he played some snaps in the Super Bowl. He needs to play more snaps. Kobe Dean needs to get on the field. You know, it just, you kind of look at the last few draft classes and you just need some of them to start contributing more and replacing the guys who left. Um, And then I would say, yeah, you need that that 10th overall pick. I bet they, I wouldn't be surprised if they go corner there. Um, I hear it's a corner rich draft. I haven't started that yet, but, um, yeah. The other thing though, that is a big, big issue. I didn't hit this is it seems like they're going to lose both of their coordinators. Although Eagles fans are like Jonathan Gannon, don't let the door hit you on the way out. It was not an Eagles <laughs> accent or Philadelphia accent. Yeah, it was, I don't know what that Boston was. In it. it was a little Boston. I don't know. It, it the, the Philadelphia accent is my in-laws cringing. If they're listening to this, eh, what a, <laughs> it's like um from mayor of east town you know oh, yeah hoagie let me get a hoagie from wawa <laughs> jonathan gannon don't let the door hit you on the way out sorry it. <laughs> anyways i think shane steichen is a big loss yeah that's gonna hurt uh that yeah, offense has been really good, good. Um, and, and so they far. were so good once they turned it over to him and he started really tailoring it to to hurt skill set. Although the uh, quarterbacks coach, Brian Johnson, I think I'm saying his name, uh, who, who was interviewing for coordinator jobs, I imagine he might get elevated into that position, which is good to have some continuity there. Yeah, I hope so. He deserves a shot. I mean, I read some stuff about him recently. He seems to be uh, getting a lot of credit for the improvement uh, for Jalen Hurts, and it'd mm. be nice to see that. Yeah, I would say I would agree. Uh, the Chiefs have it a little bit easier because i mean we've hit this a lot they had so many freaking rookies playing yeah this wasn't supposed to be their year it's not okay after the game travis kelsey was kind of pulling the nobody believes in us car yo we all had you winning the division so stop it however they were not the favorites to win the super bowl they were behind – I just checked the odds. They were behind the Bills and the Bucks. I, I had the Bills going to the Super Bowl. So 
I picked, a... I picked the Chiefs. I was right about that. Um, but I also recognized that this was their this was a rebuilding year. It was supposed to be the closest thing to it. When you trade away your best offensive weapon, your best receiver, and you have you're starting a lot of rookies and playing a lot of rookies. It's it's not the year that's supposed to happen. Like last year was it, and they fumbled the bag in the championship game, and then we all looked up and was like, all right, how could they extend this? They could go all in on the roster that they have, which they'll pay for in the future, or they could take a momentary, like a slight step back, and make a and try to extend this window. And they took a slight step back, except Patrick Mahomes took a step forward, and they won the shit anyway. <laughs> that's a great way to put it. They they took a slight step back, but they did it also in such like a calculated and intelligent way. I think that also like look having Patrick Mahomes makes your margin of error like so much bigger that it's you gotta always yeah. start there. And Andy Reid, by the way, I, I yeah. think that can't be underestimated. But you know, I talked a little bit at the beginning of this podcast about how I viewed this Super Bowl as like a response to Super Bowl LV. I can't. I don't know what number that is. The one that they lost, where they got their asses kicked out front. The way they went about re- reconstructing is the wrong word, but changing this roster was also a response to that Super Bowl. Um, like L is fifty, Beach, right? And V is five, I think. Fifty-five, LV, and this 55. was fifty-eight, seven, seven, fifty-seven. Because right, there was one yeah. between LV two two. Not only did they 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 look at this and they said they looked at that uh, team and they said never again we're going to build the offensive line but they were like we're going to be grittier we're going to be tougher we're going to tackle better we're going to invest in the defense we're going to get younger and faster we're going to get Justin Reed we're going to get Juju Smith Schuster like it was so deliberate from a football perspective the choices they made and they did it because their quarterback was 26 years old now he's 27 and they were like okay we're not going to go all in because we want to be good for a long time because he's not an all. Like, this is not a short-term project. Mm. It's like the Burrow quote: "Window, the Patrick Mahomes' window is going to be the next freaking ten plus years." And what they did was they basically reset that window on the fly, and then they won in the process, which is unbelievable. I mean, how many of those additions mattered last night? All of them. Crazy. I mean, Kadarius Tony in the midseason pickup made that incredible return, uh, punt return. And it wasn't just like, I mean, it was a terrible punt. It was a line drive punt. Yeah. But it was also like some agility and athleticism and I, awareness I from somebody that, like, it had to be him. Like, there are very few players yes. that can do that because most guys just beeline to the wall. He's He, like, picks and cuts until he can make a, he, a shot for the wall and then get down the sideline. He doesn't make sense. He looks yeah, he like does. he's being controlled by a video game controller. Like, I was, we played that punt return on TV, and I was just like, what the hell? Like, I, I've never seen a human move like that. Yeah. It's crazy. But, yeah, Tony, Juju coming up big yeah. in that game. I think he was fantastic. Um, MVS the round before. MVS the round before. All the draft picks. I mean, they appear to have, mm. like, a truly great draft um, more with the touchdown, Lucian Hall, linebacker with big game, Carl Loftus and McDuffie we've talked about. It's just remarkable. So, anyways, long story short, congratulations on your next five Super Bowls, Kansas City, and F you. No, um, the thing they do have to do, the I'm looking at the free agent list. It's it's not daunting at all. 
Um, however, they're, they're definitely, you know, they got to make a decision with Juju. Thornhill is coming up. And then the, the big ones are Orlando Brown on the mm-hmm. offensive line. Allegretti, who's a starter. I, I, if I'm them, I really, you know, I, I definitely want continuity on that offensive line, especially after what happened this season or what they accomplished. Yeah, they should definitely prioritize uh, that offensive line. And I'm looking forward to see what they do at the receiver spot because I, I don't know. Hey, if you add a, Wiley, too. A, Wiley's also yeah. a champion, the right tackle. Yeah, he played well. And he was like the one everyone was he picking did. on all week. So I know. He played really well. He shut me up. What yeah. kind of receiver would you like to see added to this offense? I just want a, a legitimate deep threat. Like, yeah. I, I guess what MVS was supposed to be. Like someone who, like you're, you have to spend some time game planning for, you know. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's not easy to find, but I think if there's a position, and like you, I haven't looked at the college yet, but I haven't heard a bunch of receivers that are, are great. But if they can find some way to put somebody into a system that into that system that can consistently threaten downfield, I'd, I'd like to see what this offense looks like. Yeah, it would be. A nightmare. <laughs> it would be. It's I mean, it could be somewhere. Not that D Hop is that guy, but I mean, he could be championship chasing. He might be interested in taking. Like he, I feel like he fits uh, the mold. I mean, not as a deep threat, but as a receiver absurd. on this. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like a smart veteran receiver, character guy, great hands, be nice. It's interesting how much the receivers were involved in the second half and how well they ran the ball too with their. 11 personnel when they spread things out a bit. Yeah, they're good blocking they receivers. Have, they are good blocking. They just have so many change-ups, you know? It's crazy. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Let me ask you a question. I posed this on Twitter. It might be it was a little bit dramatic, but um. So I mentioned that the Bills were the favorite this year. Do you think Patrick Mahomes, if assuming Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are together, do you think the Chiefs, any, assuming Patrick Mahomes is not hurt, obviously, do you think they'll ever not be the favorite again going into a season to win the Super Bowl? Yeah, they'll not be the favorite again at some point. Kelsey retires. Yeah, I mean, it's somebody will go on a a run. Someone else will win the Super Bowl for the AFC side and will, like, feel like they are the next thing. So, yeah, it's unlikely to – football's too hard. It's not like – Yeah. Not like LeBron. Every time LeBron in his prime showed up, he was the – Right. The Eastern Conference favorite. Yeah, right. You're going to take the field. Stuff happens, but, boy – it's going to be really hard for me to pick against. I mean, I guess we can just kind of wrap here. The idea that he's 27 years old and getting still getting better as a quarterback is what I came away thinking about. Um, yeah. I, I said this on NFL Live, but like I don't think an older version of Patrick Mahomes wins that game. I really don't. I think yeah. like he was talking after the game about how he appreciated – like, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, you're probably a younger version, yeah. I a previous version. Saying. Yeah. 
um he was talking before the game about how he like appreciated the losses because it got them it made them happier you know like appreciate where they are but i would say like he had to have those losses they had to have those experiences with the offensive line and the too high and all the stuff to get to this iteration of the offense that was able to do what they did in the second half of the football this football game um it's like it was like the apotheosis of so many things the failures the way Mahomes has grown the decisions made by the organization the way they rebuilt and reset none of that none of this happens without all of that happening and I think it was it was almost like kind of satisfying to see all of it pay off apotheosis that sounds like what his dad be smoking that that Philly blunt did you see him this week he's like I was smoking on that Philly blunt I saw his dad after he was like did you see that video of them just t- t- him saying like you do things that like amaze me I love you so much that got me a little bit oh I didn't see how that lucky how lucky is the NFL that they're the best yeah. player on earth happens to be like incredibly likable <laughs> I think about that lucky. all the time you really really lucked out all right Dominique I'm lucky to have you as always thanks for coming on during the, I'll give you guys next week. I'll give you kind of a, a, a clue as to how the, I'm going to handle the off season with this podcast. But um, if you don't already, check out the Dominique Foxworth show wherever you get your pods. Dominique, thank you so much for your time, for making us better and smarter. I sound like Dan Levitard, making us better and smarter, but I mean it. <laughs> no, I know I appreciate you. Appreciate it. I appreciate you, friend. Bye. All right. Bye. Wow.